Hello, friends. Welcome to Casting Nets, a podcast about real life and living faith. I'm one of your hosts, Pastor Dave Rudot, otherwise known as Dave for the rest of the podcast. I am joined with Pastor Will Harley, otherwise known as Will for the rest of the podcast. Will is, if you have not seen him, he is less of a man than when you saw him a year ago. He's doing very well taking care of his body. Uh, the Temple of the Holy Spirit, uh, you're doing good. Uh, well, thank you for that. I also have to say that out of the two of us, you're more professionally dressed. Um, he is actually dressed like a pastor, and, and I am kind of dressed like I normally am, like a bum. <laughs> well, it's your day off. Come on, come on. I have other things to do today. Uh, the topic for our podcast for today is the ethics of vaccines. Uh, a couple of weeks ago for our Life Sunday, I preached a sermon on love, hate, and the COVID vaccine. If you're w- interested in listening to that, that's on Emmanuel Cares uh, podcast. It's episode 31. But, however, during a sermon, you can't flush some ideas out. You can't uh, bounce ideas off of one another. So I'm looking forward to having this podcast with Will Harley. I really appreciate his uh, thoughts and his advice and his take on things. So we're going to be talking about the ethics of vaccines today. But before we do that, a disclaimer. Will and I are pastors who hold ourselves and each other to the Bible and the Lutheran confessions. But what is about to come out of our mouths doesn't speak for our churches, our church body, or or even ourselves. We're letting you in on a conversation between two pastors. We're spouting off ideas. We're bouncing them off each other. Maybe we'll get it right. Maybe something will stick. Maybe not. But either way, you're welcome here. You're welcome here to listen to this conversation. You're welcome to contribute. Uh, The email address that you can contact uh, Pastor Will Harley is? It is castingnetspod at gmail.com. And if you want to talk to me directly, my personal email address is Pastor Will Harley at... (laughs) Yeah, we're not going to do that. (laughs) Uh, Anyway... But you are friend, if uh, you are welcome to join us in the conversation, welcome to listen. You are also welcome to leave, too. No worries on our part. Uh, we, this is real life and living faith, and a real life is lived in Christ who frees you, friend. Well, welcome back. Um, thank you for doing the introduction. I thought it went, it went pretty well. We need to have a new introduction. I probably have to find some new intro music, too, because if you if you know me and if you ever talked to my wife, I'm one of those people that about every six months i got to rearrange the living room because I'm tired of the way it looks. And it drives her nuts because she likes everything to sort of be the same. See, we're opposite. My wife is the app. She's the one that wants to change everything, and I'm the one that wants everything to stay the same. So, <laughs> anyway... Uh, Our topic for today is uh, the ethics of the COVID vaccines. And, of course, we have to begin by saying we're not scientists. Uh, We're not experts. Uh, There are some things about the science that we are just going to stipulate and say, this is the deal. And when it comes to the COVID vaccines, uh, there are two major vaccines. One is the Moderna vaccine. The other is the Pfizer vaccine. This week, also, another vaccine was announced that was going to be produced. The Johnson & Johnson was putting out a vaccine. Now, all three of these vaccines have are were not uh, produced or researched using aborted cells, but they were tested against. So there was um, a baby that was born in the 1970s for the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine, and a baby that was born in the 1980s, and that's for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. 
who was killed, and they used the cells, and they continued to um, continue to uh, not, not continue to kill babies, but continue to uh, grow those cells and to be used in the, the development of vaccines. So the, the science part of that, that's about as far as I'm willing to go as far as the science goes. I stipulate these things happen, but then uh, as Christians, we have to ethically think it through in our minds. Anything to add there, Will? Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's it's something that we need to be aware of um, <clears throat> as believers that, you know, we've said it before on this podcast, and it bears just being reminded, stay in your lane. You know, we each have vocational callings that we are um, called to engage in, and and we're, our vocational calling is pastor. So when dealing with ethical issues, that's kind of our ballywick. Um, you know, we, we, we thrive on philosophy and we thrive on thinking in our heads and going back to scripture and, and drawing out stuff that people are like, uh, I didn't catch that, you know, the 50 million times I've read the scriptures throughout my life. Um, that's kind of what we enjoy doing. And so ethical issues is kind of where we like to, to, to plant ourselves. Um, we did not get a BS and, and I do mean that funnily, um, <laughs> but we didn't get a bachelor of science. Um, and so, you know, talking about the chemistry, I mean, we've all had basic chemistry, um, but, but we didn't, we, to talk about that area and how that would work would, would be outside of our lane. And so I think it's a good thing for us also as members of our congregations and as, as members of society to realize that, that any information you're going to get on the scientist, scientific side is going to be so, so far dumbed down so that you can understand it. And I'm not saying you're dumb. I'm just saying it, it's going to be dumbed down so that you can understand it because you're not trained to think and act and, and research in that area. So we're just going to avoid it because we wouldn't be able to have the first conversation on it. But when it comes to the ethics behind what is going on, we do have, I think, a little bit more latitude in, in talking about that. So, so good comment, good reminder for us all. Um, to stay in our lane, and and so now we can talk about the ethics. Yeah, yeah, it is really a blessing for Lutheran ethics as we look at the the issue that we don't necessarily have to be experts in the information. Science is not the king in our conversation. There's more for us to consider and contemplate when we make decisions because we are called to make decisions. We can't just uh, be like a football team sitting in the huddle and discuss something and and think about it. We have to actually get up to the line of scrimmage and make a decision and live in this world that we're living in. Uh, in 2014, I took a summer quarter ethics class through our Wisconsin Lutheran Seminary, and it has really helped me understand how to, the role of ethics in the role uh, as, my, as a pastor and also as a Christian living in this world. Uh, ethics is different from, say, dogmatics. Uh, ethics is more of our response to the, the situation that we're in. Dogmatics is more of uh, our relationship with God, focusing on God coming to us. Ethics is more of how do we make, how do we uh, simulate this information? The reason why ethics isn't really taught in our seminary as a, a required course is because ethics is derived from so many different disciplines. We, we, we get it at the seminary, but it's uh, in our exegesis classes, it's in our practical theology classes, it's in our homiletics classes, uh, and uh, in our church history classes even. So it's all, it's it's there, but just not highlighted. Like this is the subject we're going to talk about. I would probably say that practical theology is closer to ethics 
and and even in even apologetics uh, that we're ever going to get in in the seminary education. Yeah. Um, and 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 I think it's because it's it's how do we apply the doctrines to everyday life? Right. That very good because we need to make a distinction between morals and ethics. Uh, morals is basically what is right and what is wrong. Those things have been established in the Scripture. The Ten Commandments are pretty clear: loving your neighbor, not harming your neighbor. That's those morals aren't the question that are that we are wrestling with. Ethics is more of the process of determining the right or wrong course of action. Right. So so practical theology, just for our dear listeners, and we're going to be getting into more of this, but a practical theology question that, that has been posed and was posed in my class was you have a mother and you have uh, uh, who's pregnant and she has very many complications and her life is in jeopardy where she might die and the child will live or the child has to die and the mother will live. Well, that's a horrible decision. <laughs> and morally, it's like, well, you're going to take one life or another life, right? Yeah. Well, practical theology says, how do you work through this, knowing the principles, knowing what, what the Lord says, but yet also knowing how do we in a, live in a sinful world, interact and maneuver through this? That's practical theology. That's ethics. Thank you. Yep. Um, let's go through like a model of how a uh, Christian can make an ethical decision. The first step in this model is to gather the facts. That is to do your homework. Uh, maybe seek the counsel of others, but realize that consensus or majority or tradition um, are sometimes given a little bit too much weight in our own, in our own minds. Uh, sometimes we are more reactive to situations rather than thinking it through. We think we're thinking it through, but we're just doing what everybody else is doing. So gather the facts. Do your homework is step number one. Step number two is to determine the ethical issues. You're identifying the principles that are involved. So when it comes to the COVID vaccine, we're going to walk through later on what are the principles involved, whether you should take the vaccine, whether you should not take the vaccine, should you wait for another, a third option, uh, what are the principles involved? That's step number two. Step number three is listing the options or the alternatives. I guess I just did that. Uh, four would be to compare the alternative with the principles. So you're saying, well, if I don't do it, if what's uh, how, what 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 principles that I've identified in the beginning of this are going to be violated or not violated? And I would like to just um, and, and and for those uh, who might be listening and have been in my Bible studies, um, we've been talking about wisdom literature. Um, this is um, Benet, um from Hebrew in in the Book of Proverbs, which is understanding. And it's the spatial ability to say, here are two things. How do I work between them? That's this wonderful understanding of when we're saying compare with, with the principles. Okay, we have two things spatially different. <laughs> how, do we, how do we figure this out? Thank you. Um, and then, uh, did I do consider the consequences already? You did not. Okay, well, then number five would be consider the consequences. So even though we make a decision, it's... It's uh, naive to think that it doesn't have any consequences, that we can somehow make a decision that there will be no negative consequences whatsoever. You mentioned the, the fact of the, whether the mom should live or the, or the child should live. It, there's no scenario where somebody doesn't die, uh, that sort of thing. So it's a sad scenario. Who wants to deal with that scenario? But that's called real life. Uh, there are so many decisions that we make in life where we don't have a real clear option what we should do. And even the thing that we do even has, that even has uh, consequences. And, and I think we're going to bring this up because I think 
and and we haven't gotten to it yet, but I think the idea of of point five consequences and and what what will be point six here, I think, go together. Okay, so number six is come to terms with a sinful nature in yourself and, and in others. Uh, this is a question I really uh, am curious to hear what Will has to say. Will was talking to me about the bound will. Uh, in Luther's Heidelberg Disputation and in his Bondage of the Will. So, Will, why don't you take it away and help us walk through that? Well, I, I think, you know, as we, we talk about, and, and I think this is a, a fundamental framework for everything in life when we start talking about these ethical questions, only for the simple fact that um, every every choice that we make is hopefully the better of bad choices. <laughs> I mean, it, it, I mean and, and it sounds, okay, kind of defeatist but it's the truth um you have uh paul writing in romans chapter 7 right where where the good he wants to do this i can't do but the evil i don't want to do this i do all the time what a wretched man am i um what is what is paul talking about there other than the simple fact that that as a sinful person who who is who is fundamentally diseased, I don't know if a better word can be used, but fundamentally diseased with with sin because of the fall, every choice we make is a choice that is 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 not God pleasing. And, and and I know some of you are going to be listening and saying, well I don't know if that's true, uh Pastor. And it is. And and I know you don't like to hear that, but let me let me just sort of play it out. Um Luther, when he was he was um, sort of flushing out his ideas, he was as he was engaging with scripture um, as a monk. He he kind of came to the realization that that because of the fall, mankind is fundamentally flawed, and, and and the fundamental flaw of mankind from the fall is the fact that we lost something. And what did we lose? I, I, we go back to Genesis, right? And and Genesis says you know, we were created in the image of God. Um, what does that mean? Well, it means that we thought God's thoughts after God thought them. So God says, he looks down at, at all he created before he creates man, and he says, this is going to be fun. He doesn't know it. Well, men are pretty slow. But he doesn't know it, but he's going to be lonely because there's no one that's just like him. And so then, so then man, he goes through and he's naming all the animals, and eventually he's like, hey, you know what? There's no one just like me. And God's like, bingo! And then he he gives woman as this gift. And and the first thing, and God knows that woman is this perfect gift, right? Woman is this perfect helpmate for man. And and then what does he do? Um, he presents woman to man, and and he sings the first song, says the first poetry that in the, the love of of what this gift is that God has given. So we have these things, and that, and that's beautiful. So what happens after the fall is, is this thinking God's thoughts after him, um, knowing what is intrinsically good and and desiring to do it because it is a reaction to what God has done for us, departs. It, it it's it's gone. And and so what happens is is that we we are bound to what is is bad. We we are not we we hitched we, Adam and Eve, hitched our train to sin, and 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 now we follow that course. Uh, Heidelberg Disputation, um, in in uh, section thirteen, uh, what is it? Thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. I might just give you a quick read. This is what this is what Luther says. Um, he says, after the fall, free will exists only as a concept. 
and as long as it acts in accordance with itself, commits a deadly sin. After the fall, free will only has the power to passively do good, but it is always able to actively do evil. Further, still, free will could not remain in a state of innocence, much less actively do good, but the will is only able to do good passively. And I think this is what we want to focus on is we've convinced ourselves we have free will. I can do what is good and I can do what is bad. But the reaction, the react, the actual case is, and you've brought it up before, it's always reactionary. Our choices are always reactionary and therefore they're always trying to be the better of, of multiple bad things. So uh, if he, Luther talks about uh, the, the will only being able to do good passively. Can we flush that out? What exactly does that mean? Um, Ephesians chapter 5, uh, no, sorry, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verses um, 8 through 10, right? Um, uh, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works that no one can boast. You are God's work, uh, God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which He has placed in advance for you to do. That's 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 good works passively. Um, God has placed things in your life that you will do that will be good, and and you had no, you didn't orchestrate them, you didn't produce them, you didn't say, oh, this is gonna, I'm gonna like this. Um, no, it, it was that God placed them there, and you walked in them, and they were done um, for the betterment of what God's intention was. Uh, and I think that is a really good example of, of, of passive and how that worked. I think sometimes when we he- preach in a sermon, people are get the false impression, and it's not our intention, but when we say, you know, the Holy Spirit works you to will and to act according to his good purpose— that they think that everything that we do then is good, completely good. Like it's a completely good decision that sin is no longer attached to anything that we decide or do. I wish. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that would be, um, I could then say, you know, I had the best intentions, dear wife. Um, and my wife would know that I would never say that. Um, that you have the best intentions or dear wife? <laughs> dear <one>? wife. <laughs> dear wife. I always say I had the best intentions, but it never turns out that way. Um, but no, I mean, and here's the thing. You know, what we fail to realize is there's never a person who is 100% altruistic, except for Christ. Um, and that's what we fail to realize. And, and, and if we were perfect and we were able to do the do good, the good, whatever you want to define that as, we would be altruistic. That which means that we would not be looking at ourselves. We would be always looking forward-facing someone else and saying, what is best for them despite myself? And we aren't. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sorry, we aren't. Um, you know, um, husbands and wives, um, and, and God God made it this way uh, or, or because of sin, it's this way. But we always work on brownie points. We do. You know, uh, husbands do nice things because we're getting brownie points because then our wives will be happy and, and we will be happy because our wives are happy. That's not altruism. That's, I'm doing this to make my wife happy so that I remain happy, right? Um, you know, there's always, a, there's always something else. So you have the billionaire who gives money to the hospital. And is it a good thing? It is a good thing. I'm not saying it's not a good thing. But why did he give the money to the hospital? He gave the money to the hospital so his name could go on and say, look, my name's there. Look at what I've done. And and some of you are maybe thinking, well, is that really what they're thinking? Yes. Okay. They might hide it really well, 
But yes, that is what they're thinking. They're, they're building a monument to themselves that will outlast their self. Or they're building a monument to someone else that they value because they, they see value in them and they're building it for them. It's not altruism. It's not as if they have no ulterior motive. And, and, and when you have an ulterior motive of any type, it becomes tainted with sin. Yeah, right. I think it's an ex- excellent comforting thought when a Christian is faced with you know two evils and they have to make a decision and they go, well, one of these has to be good. One of these has to be the right decision that's God-pleasing. And to come to the realization that there may be a bad thing that we do that is, in a way, God-pleasing, is in a way that the Holy Spirit is working in us to move to that direction, even though there is sin involved in some way. Is that right? Yeah, and I, I wouldn't say it was a God-pleasing decision in the sense of this is, you know, God is going to look down from heaven and give you kudos and say you have now merited more grace. That's not a thing. Um, but it's a, it's the, it's the, um, I, I think it's, it's very true to say that you were, you know, because of sin, you were given, you were given two really bad choices and, and you did the best you could with them, um, through grace. Note realizing that I'm living free in, in knowing that I'm going to sin, but I'm forgiven. And so I interact in a world where no choice is the best choice, but it's the best I can make now. And, and I think this is where ethics really starts to play in. Um, and, and a bound will becomes something that we have to talk about when you talk about ethics, because ethics brings the shade of gray. And, and we don't like the shade of gray. We love the black and we love the white. We love to say this is good and this is bad. And, and, and dear listener, I know you are one of those parishioners because I was one of them too, who sat in the pew and said, pastor, tell me what I'm supposed to do. Or, or um, you know, in a Bible study, tell me how I'm supposed to live. And we can't because one, we're not God. Two, anything that we would tell you, you couldn't do. And, and, and here's the thing. If we told you to do it, you would treat it as a law. And then if you did it and it failed, then it would be like, well, God lied to me. But no, that's not true. And if you did it and it succeeded, you'd be say, ha ha, look at me. Right. I did this and it succeeded, which would then become self-righteousness, which would then also be a sin. <laughs> yeah. So we can't tell you what to do. We can give you the principle, which is a part of this ethical thing. Right. We can give you the principle and we can say, here is, here's what God says. Here is the pinnacle of, of what it means to be holy and perfect like God. Now, here's what we are left with that we have to wrestle with in that scope. Yeah. When I got done with that sermon, I had a lot of comments from members saying, I really wish you would have told us one way or the other, and you didn't do that. And uh, anyway, it was comforting to hear another pastor say the same thing that the, that had the same approach that I also had was, well, we can't tell you what to do because then there'd be so much more sin attached to it or the, the consequences of that would be attached to it. So that's come to terms with the sinful nature in yourself and others. We've got to get uh, to the next point. And the next point is pray for wisdom and enlightenment from the Holy Spirit. Now, prayer is important uh, because there is oftentimes going to be no clear choice or no good choice. Number number eight, make a decision. Uh, we can't, uh, like I mentioned before, we can't just uh, sit there in the huddle 
and not actually come to the scrimmage line. We have to actually make a decision and engage this world that we're living in. My dad, my dad, just so on a, I just want to add this. My dad would rephrase that instead of decide, he would say, pooper, get off the pot. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, and then finally, the last step, which I think is really makes this a uh, Lutheran ethic, is to rely on God's forgiveness. God forgives us not because we're so ethically brilliant or morally successful, but because his son lived and died for us. And so as we're making these decisions, even at the end of the day where we go, I think that's the right decision, we still need forgiveness for something. There's some sin somewhere that's been bound and sticking to us some way, somehow. And to just at the end of the day, at the end of the discussion, dwell and cherish the fact that God forgives us because of Jesus. And I, I, I want to jump in on that last point because I, I think um, we're going to get into talking about the specifics of this vaccine and, and some of the ethical struggles that we have with the, the, the vaccine that we're dealing with now and vaccines in general. But what I I would like to say just in to the last point and, and recognizing God's forgiveness and the need for God forgiveness, God's forgiveness is simple. Um. With everything that's been going around in the government today, um, some people have have brought up the the idea. Well, I have to obey God, not government. Now, I, what I want to do is, and I'm going to give you this is my example. My example is God gives us His Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are split into two tables uh, tables of the law. The first table deals with our relationship to God. Uh, that's Commandments one through three. The second table deals with our relationship to man. That's uh, four through ten. Right. Now, as we look at that, we as sinful people think one table trumps the other table. We think that that the first table of the law, uh, dealing with God, must be holier because it deals with God, and therefore, um, I that one trumps all the rest. And so, so how pharisaical, right? How pharisaical? Well, I go to church every single day, and I give my money to the church, and you know. But then you failed to respect your mother and father because they needed help, and you you said, "Well, I'm giving all my money to the church. I can't help you now." Um, that that's a, that's very pharisaical. So, in in back back to our looking at at the government around us say, well, we're going to obey God and not the government. Well, what we're essentially saying is I'm going to choose to try to follow the first commandment, which you're going to fail at, by the way, anyway. I mean, that's the very first one we all fail at. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, right? Um, that covers the first three. You fail. Um, I mean, that uh, we have 52 opportunities for you to be in church. I expect your butt to be in the pew every single Sunday, with a clear mind saying, I'm focused on God's word, not focused on what I'm going to do after I get out of church. And then every opportunity that you have for Bible study, you're there. And every opportunity you have for meditation on God's word, you're there. Um, impossible. It just, it's just not going to happen. We break the first commandment all the, all the time. But let's just, benefit of the doubt, let's say you can. Let's say you can place God first in everything and you can obey him. Well, his law still said, fourth commandment, that you honor your father and mother, which means you also honor the government that he's placed ahead of you. And if you say, well, I'm going to obey the government, or obey God, not the government, well, now you're breaking the fourth commandment. So you're still a sinner. And and so I think this, in the ethical question, means in, when we come back down to it, no matter what choice you make, you broke one or more, and you are going to be proven to be a sinner, just like God said. Right. So when it comes to the COVID vaccines, let's uh, kind of take those principles that we 
looked at the model that we laid out for you and apply them to the vaccine itself. So when it comes to an understanding, like I mentioned before, that we don't, we're not the scientific experts, so the information that we're, we're going off of, we've done our homework to a certain extent. I, I've learned much more about RNA and, and, and uh, where we get our vaccines from and how they produce, but I am, that's still the tip of the iceberg. There's so much information that I realize uh, the medical field is just amazing. The knowledge that's there and the knowledge to be able to engage in that medical field is is incredible. And that's a rich blessing. I, I think we need to, to, to make that comment too, is, is that the people who have put in this effort to do this work and, and have come up with this, that is a gift, a God-given gift that they have the mind to do this. Um, so we're not belittling this in this conversation in any way, shape, or form. Um, and please realize that, that we're not belittling that, that gift that God has given to his people uh, for medical advancement. So what are the principles that uh, we're using or we're, we should engage when it comes to the vaccine? Would it not be the fifth commandment of uh, protecting life, correct? Yeah, um, I think there is. I think the fifth commandment and the protection of life would go in there. I think also um, you would want to have the fourth commandment because I think the government does play a role in this. I think that um, <clears throat> you would want in there um, um, probably the eighth commandment would be a part of that. Um, and, and instead yeah. of bearing false witness and saying some person who decided to take the vaccine or didn't decide to take the vaccine is wrong and, and then making judgments on them or saying that they're political or non-political because they're doing something. Or that they're sheep. Or Right, right. So I think taking the best possible construction um, as, as, as looking at that. So I think you have at least three, three commands, um, moral commands, yeah. that would play heavily into this. Yeah, I, I believe 2020 really tested us to see if we could love our Christian brother or sister if they didn't agree with us on COVID or masks or, and whatnot. 2021 will be a test of how we can love our Christian brother or sister who didn't, did or did not get the vaccine. So those are the, the principles we feel that would be involved. The Fifth Commandment, the Fourth Commandment, Eighth Commandment. Um, let's look at some options. So you have one option is to say, I am not going to be affiliated a- at all with any vaccine which has any relationship to a baby that was killed in order to bring it here. So whether that uh, that baby was used in the production of it or in the research of it or whether that baby's cells were used when everything was done and they needed to test it against something that was reliable and and could give them a good indication whether this would actually work at at the tail end of it. So what would be the... Uh, what would be the consequences of that? Well, I think before you get to the consequences, I mean, you have to list the other options. I I think you have one option that says I'm not going to take it um, because um, they believe ethically or fundamentally that that if you go down the rabbit hole, this is what, what they used to make this thing. I think the other option is I understand that. I, 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 I get what you're saying, but in the long run, um, I'm stopping the spread because I'm going to prevent it. It's not going to spread through me. And so there's the other option of, um, okay, I understand they used, they used a horrible event to test this, but I'm, I'm helping to stop another horrible event. And, and I think there's that other side of the option too. Um, and then, and then also in there, you're going to have the person who undoubtedly is going to say, I, I don't really care. 
<laughs> and so the option is, and 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 so the option is, um, instead of I'm not going to fundamentally take it because of this argument, or I am going to take it because of this argument. They're like, I don't really care if it's a vaccine. I don't want someone telling me I have to. Yeah, you mentioned uh, before we started this podcast, you had said that when it comes to vaccines, it seems like there's an awakening in the American mindset of people just being adamantly against the vaccine. Could you tell me more about that? There is, um, especially with this vaccine. This the uh, recent study polls and, and things have come out that f- almost 59% of of recognized Christianity, so people who consider themselves to be Christian in the, in the United States, are saying they're not going to touch this vaccine because of ethical issues. And then you have, and then you have uh, this new branching out of of people in the in in the world um, that have, right before this, in recent years, have have brought up cases where vaccines have have been, you know, and I don't think it. Again, I'm not a scientist, but from what I've read, some people are making claims. Well, vaccines can lead to autism, and vaccines can lead to this, and 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 so you have this movement that has sort of started in the United States that said, and I'm I'm not trusting everything that they're saying to put into my body, um, and I and I think there is good caution in understanding these things. But again, you know, even when you do your homework, you're not going to be able to understand everything that's going on, and so you're going to be relying heavily on one person's opinion over another person's opinion. And and that's going to cause an issue in the long run for you because you're going to gravitate to the one opinion that fits more with your own mindset, with your own mindset. And this is the prop coming back down to being the bound will. The bound will is I desire something, therefore I will justify it in my head and I'm going to find other people, gather around me, all the all the people who, who give me all the things that my itching ears want to hear, right. and, and I'm going to find those people and say, ha-ha, look at them, see, this is what these, these fact people have said and it must be true. No, not necessarily. And, and so that I, I think those are those are some really big issues that we have to contend with in talking about this ethical thing, because you're, you're going to be stepping on somebody no matter what you say and no matter what you do. Right. Yeah. And not to pick on people who say I'm against vaccines just because of, I'm not sure where it's coming from or what's it going to do to me uh, because they are protecting their own body. Aren't they? They are keeping the fifth commandment and saying this body that God has given me, I need to be a good steward of it and, and look at what's going in or the body of, of my own children. Yes, and that's true. But now let's take this to uh, let's take this to 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 the other side of that conversation. Are they so concerned about their body that that's what they're concerned about? That it's that's that that it's really not. I'm I'm making my. I'm not trying to look into people's hearts, but I'm just giving people an option to look into their own heart, and and say, is it under the disguise, right? Let. I'm I'm only doing what's best for God's God the body that God has given me and I'm protecting it and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. But are you really doing it because you're afraid? Right? You're really doing it because you're afraid, which is a sinful reaction, or are you doing it because you think if I do this, look at me, I'm better. And I'm using this as the disguise for that. And and I'm not I'm not saying it's happening everywhere and I'm not saying that you're one of those people, dear listener, but I'm I'm asking the question because deep down there's a part of that because deep down you you think because we all do it that I did this that makes me better because I thought through it I'm smart and they must not be because they didn't think through it and come to the same conclusion right 
So those who choose not to do the vaccine, another consequence might be was is the uh, effect of well, they may not have to, they may not be able to engage society as as much because then that would that might cause harm to their neighbor in some way, shape, or form because they might pass it on to their neighbor. Sure. Now, now let me ask you this question: uh, the person who feels pressured into taking the vaccine because they're going to be limited from. Um, being able to fly on a plane or maybe be able be limited from entering into the hospital or doing a visit or whatever, go down the line. I don't care where you want to go with that. Um, they feel pressured into taking this vaccine because of that. Now they're singing against their own conscience because yeah. their conscience said, um, I, I, I don't trust this or, or it doesn't feel right to me. And if it's a sin against your conscience, it's still a sin. Yeah. So you're back at square one. <laughs> Come to terms with the sinful nature in yourself. Pray for wisdom. Uh, make a decision. Then rely on God's forgiveness. Uh, so that's, uh, I don't care about vaccines. That's that category. And, and closely related to that is the category of someone who says, well, I'm going to wait for a vaccine that is not tied in any way, shape, or form with abortion. So there, a lot of the same principles are applied because you are, harming your neighbor, putting your neighbor at risk because you don't have the vaccine. Um, what else is there that you would, ha what other principles would be involved? You Obviously the eighth commandment, because you're going to be looking at people, your brothers and sisters in Christ who are getting the vaccine or um, who are adamantly against all forms of vaccine. So here you're sitting there going, well, vaccines aren't necessarily evil in and of themselves, but I'm not sure I want to take this one. Um, I, I guess I would wrap into that one. Another question that, that is floating around in my head. And the question that floats around in my head is how specific are you in, in, in saying, okay, I'm going to wait for a vaccine that is not used or hasn't used, um, aborted fetus cells in testing. How, how far do you want to go down that rabbit hole? So in other words, um, okay, this particular, vaccine that this particular company made didn't do that but that company has made vaccines that did so maybe the vaccine that you are taking now was based off of research that they gained from another vaccine that did do that how far down this rabbit hole do you want to go and and are you that thorough in everything so do you necessarily have to be that thorough? I mean, I, right. it's, a, it's, a, it's an excellent question because you're steering us back to the fact that no matter what we choose, there's going to be some sin involved. There's going to be some sort of association with sin, even if I think I'm doing the right thing by waiting. Right. So here, here is, here, here, this, is a, this is the $20 million ethical question, and it's going to be a little bit off of the topic of vaccines, but here's the example that I give. You want to go out and you, you want to use recycled material, right? You, you look at stuff that says, ooh, this has been recycled. It's made from recycled material. And you're like, yay, recycled material. Did you know that it costs more energy to recycle material than it does to actually make it new? So we're spending more and using more fossil fuel in the recycling of a material to make that product that you just bought than it is to actually. Now, am I saying recycling is bad? No, but if your whole purpose in life is reduce the use of fossil fuel, then don't recycle because recycling uses more fossil fuel. But yeah. yet recycling also reduces waste and compost and, and, and things like that. So 
you're stuck between a bad choice and a bad choice. And, and, and I think this is what we're dealing with with these vaccines is, is that you have, you have these companies. These companies are doing research. No matter who, com- whichever company, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, whatever. They are, they're all doing research and they're going to use whatever is the modern research method for the time. Um, I mean, the church was appalled when people like Da Vinci uh, would go out and they would uh, exhume bodies and they were looking at the structural muscle system and the church, oh, how dare you? If Without that research, we would never be where we are today. I mean, uh, I mean, nobody, I don't think any, maybe somebody does, but I don't know if anybody who says I'm going to devote my, I have this ailment when I die, I'm going to, I'm going to dedicate my, my body to science. They don't, they, everyone looks at that and says, I applaud you because that's going to help us in the end. Well, okay. So let's, let's refocus this. It was horrible that they aborted those fetuses, but they used them to help better mankind so that another child might not die. Would it, would you have felt better if the child would have died from cancer and they're like, well, they died from cancer. We're just going to use this guy now. Would that make you feel better? I, it wouldn't make me feel better because they still died. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I don't know if that, I, I don't know if that muddies the water in this ethical question, but it, it, it strikes me as, they didn't participate in the exercise of doing this. They capitalized on, we didn't have to take something else. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it does make sense. It's just that whole idea of science or the medicines are using information of the past. And they are, it's, as you mentioned before in a different podcast, they're cold. It's there's no there's not a whole lot of humanity. They're looking for the best information, and that is their calling. That's their field. That's their sphere, and it is probably going to be um, affected by sin in some way. And it, it can't you can't do those things without like just the whole idea of uh, human testing on things. Well, there the, in all of the vaccines they had people that volunteered to be tested first, to give that vaccine first, and they were putting their own lives in, at risk for the benefit of their neighbor. We say that's a good thing. That's a sacrifice is a good thing. But then another person could say, well, somebody was harmed in some way to get this vaccine to me. Your conscience may also be pricked and saying, well, I, I don't want to be a part of that. World War II, World War II. Um... I don't know if a lot of people know this, but in World War II, we rounded up we rounded up the Japanese, and and we we tested as a country uh, fertility infertility drugs on them. Um, so any woman who uses an infertility drug um, for for either controlling of their period or whatever else that might happen, um, they are the recipients of those experiments. Um, Anybody who goes to uh, uh, and, and uses any type of uh, psychotic drug to help control mood swings or things of that nature, um, they are they're plugging into the Freudian experiments of people cutting and lobotomies and cutting open uh, living people's heads or or connecting them to electrodes. Um, anybody who I mean, you can go down this rabbit hole 
and say that anything that we have um, is is a direct result of something that was horrible. Um, you know, even go—I'm going to go back to Israel and, and time of Jesus. They they worshipped in a temple that was created by Herod and 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 expanded by Herod and funded by the Persians and the and 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 uh, the Medes and the Persians after the the temple had been destroyed by by Babylon. Um, do you think that everybody, all the Jews, would have said, "Nope, can't worship there. That was bad. That that came from bad money." No, no, of course not. They're like, "This is my temple. The, the, I mean, God's God's temple is back. We can worship our Lord." Um, you know, the thing, I, 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 it comes back down to every good gift comes from above, and sometimes those good gifts come from horrible things because that's how God works. God works through the horrible, and He makes good. That's part of his grace, not part of his providence. It wasn't part of his design, but just yes. his, part of his grace. It's like he's looking at this sinful world that rebelled against him and says, I'm still going to do some good here. Um, and uh, so every, like like you said from James 1, of every good and perfect gift is from above, coming from the Father of the heavenly lights. He doesn't change like shifting shadows. Our world is changing all over, all over the place, uh, all kinds of sin, but he doesn't change. He's still the same, the same loving God and gracious God who wants uh, and it provides for uh, the human race. So that's wait. And those we I think we flushed out the consequences of that if you wait. And if you decide to wait, you, you there's going to be consequences. You have to also look at your own self and say, where is there sin involved? Ask for forgiveness. Make a decision. Rely on God's forgiveness. Then would be no. You would say, I don't want to uh, support research done by human life like this is this is i'm i'm concerned that our government is going to do more of this and so i am not going to get the vaccine because i don't want them to be encouraged to do more with the fetal cell lines or with with uh, the what happens when a baby is aborted um my only my i i think to start off our our discussion on this one and and, and to lay out the to lay out the option or not the options, but to, to compare the consequences is how far again, are you willing to go in, in boycotting? Um, and, and we, we live in a cancel culture. Um, and so this is becoming more and more a topic for, for discussion. How ethical is it to cancel? Um, and, and how far down that rabbit hole do you go? Um, you know, Twitter canceling people that are saying things that they don't like, um, YouTube button, uh, taking off funding for, and, and, and canceling things that they don't, they find that, that they don't want, uh, Disney firing people because they don't like comments that they make in their own private time. Um, you name it, we live in this cancel culture. Um, and then how do we retaliate? Well, okay, here's how you retaliate. So, so if you, if, if this is the way you want to go and say, I refuse to do this because I'm boycotting it and I don't want to encourage this anymore. Okay. You have to get rid of Netflix and you have to get rid of Hulu and you have to get rid of Disney plus kids can't watch a Disney show anymore. You, you, frozen bad, bad, horrible. Don't, you can't watch frozen. Um, you know, that would make my girls cry. Um, you know, let's, let's go even, even further. Can't watch football. Can't watch football. You gotta, you gotta stop watching all professional sports. Why? Because the, the sp- professional sports teams are jumping onto this bandwagon of, of, of doing things that, that you de- deem that they have to be canceling. Um, go down that rabbit hole and say, how many things can we, can, can we no longer support because 
they 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 are going to be encouraged to do this type of behavior if we supply something to them. Here's my here's my thought on that and my point on that is is eventually you would run out of of abilities to ever purchase live or 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 do anything because there's nothing that you can do that doesn't have a connection to someone else or something else that is doing something that you don't approve of. Correct, yeah. I was just thinking of the NFL football, uh, Green Bay Packers, which is where you and, you and I are in Packer country, uh, last in 2019 gave uh, one of their grants to Planned Parenthood. And even though they, they hedged it by saying, well, it was only for helping your the, the area community with Planned Parenthood, you're still keeping those businesses afloat, businesses such as Planned Parenthood, which makes their bread and butter on doing abortions. Yeah, and so where do you stop? So, so and, and, yeah. and that's, that's I think, the ultimate question. So somebody who says, and, and, and here, and, and maybe you can answer this question for me, and it just came into my mind, but don't you feel that this vaccine, people saying, no, adamantly, I'm, I'm not saying anything against those people, but I'm just asking this question. People who are standing and saying, I adamantly will not take this vaccine, just for the simple fact that I'm adamantly, I'm not going to support a government in doing this. Isn't that an arbitrary line? Like, why now? Why are you drawing the line here, and why are you drawing the line now? Doesn't doesn't that almost seem arbitrary? I don't know if I would say it would be arbitrary. Sometimes it's some people are very tolerant of what's going on in government, and then suddenly they're not. Um, some people are very patient with others, and then suddenly they're not. Maybe this is that one issue that they is activated, and they say, "This is something. I this is just a line I can't cross." Now, as you you do that as you engage and say, this is the line I can't cross anymore. Uh, recognize that it's an arbitrary line. It's a line that you have drawn in the sand. It's not, um, you, you may be affected by sin, your own sloth, your own apathy beforehand, uh, your own, like, this is going to be, I'm going to do things now. You should have been doing things before. Or even as you are doing them, you might have a mindset of I'm better than somebody else who isn't. Or I am, we are, I am more uh, aware or woke than somebody else. And, I, and, I, and I, I think that comes back down to your original comment when we started is, is that so often we are reactionary instead of, of being um, more ethically minded, that, that a lot of our, our the way we approach things is a reaction to something else. And and so I, I still think that that it, it becomes an arbitrary line because you say, okay, I'm going to take my stand here, but but really this here isn't the problem. The problem was there way back when, when you said it was fine mm-hmm. or you didn't know about it. And ignorance is still a sin. Yeah, Just because you didn't know it existed doesn't mean that it was right. Or you didn't know it was wrong doesn't mean it was right, um, and and again it comes back down to to I maybe flowing flowing through a little bit we dealt with consequences flowing through you know recognizing our own sinful nature, our own sinful nature does not have a problem with things that benefit us, it doesn't, and if we find that that doesn't have a benefit to us then our sinful nature wants to discredit it. It's just how it is and we discredit it in a multitude of ways yeah it's a it's a our sinful nature is a nasty dude uh and very tricky and uh um 
it has its way of getting and influencing us in ways that we may not be perceiving. So if someone does say, I am not going to get a vaccine because I don't want to support, there, the consequences, of course, are you also are recognizing you're drawing a line in the sand, recognizing that there are associations you may not be aware of. So should you not, or maybe you should, and maybe that would be a lighter, <laughs> lighter way of saying it, but investigate all of your associations and and recognize there's still going to be a sin involved. There's still going to be another line where you're going to say, well, that's not, you know, I, I still need to watch my Packers, <laughs> right? That kind of thing where you're going to make some sort of concession because of yourself, of your own sinful nature, like you had mentioned before, of your own self-interest. And then if you're going to make it, uh, the, the decision not to not to get a vaccine, well, then there there will be consequences. Of course, you will maybe you won't be able to travel uh, as much as you would like, but that's a decision that you have made. Maybe as you look at it, you also need forgiveness, as anybody else who is making a decision when it comes to the vaccine needs forgiveness too of their own sinful self. But I also think, and I think it, it bears being talked about. Um, that sometimes, like in this case, you you know, there's a consequence of not taking the vaccine. And and it might come in this world closer and closer and closer that, yeah, okay, you might not be able to drive or fly somewhere because you didn't take the vaccine. And for most of us that never travel, you're like, yeah, who cares? I'm not gonna be able to drive or fly somewhere. Um well let me let me paint this picture. You're a pastor and you're called to serve your people. And the hospital says we we can't let you in unless you've had the shot because we're we're whatever that's that's their rule but you have your me- that's the hospital your members go to and so now you're stuck between the ethical question of i f- i i according to my conscience or my fundamental beliefs or however you want to paint that i don't want this I don't want it now, maybe later when it has more research behind it or I don't want it at all because I don't think that the virus is a thing. Um, or it is a thing, but it's not a, a dangerous thing. However you approach that, you have that side and then you have the other side, but I am called to serve my people and I am called to do the work of the Lord in this capacity. Now figure that one out or or put it into our listeners' ears. You are, you don't want to take it. You don't want to do this, this, but whatever thing, but you are called to be the provider for your home and the job that you are having says you need to do this for you to come back to work. I think uh, listing an option or an alternative might be helpful here where if you're a pastor and you are conscience bound to say, I am not going to take the vaccine, there are other brother pastors who may have taken the vaccine. Are you the only one that can serve the word of God to that individual? If you have another brother, sister in our synod who has taken the vaccine, can you not have them serve them? And because that's what really what's the most important is that they get served. Your conscience, your conscience is important too. That that's all I had to say about the alternatives. And as far as work is concerned, like maybe this would be a summit where a person says, because of my work, I have to take the vaccine. I really don't want to. It's going to be hard. I am giving up something that I really want. I, you know, a pastor who really wants to visit their member, but they have to sacrifice. Or I don't know if you would call this a cross that they would ca- carry, but some way that 
whatever decision we make, there's going to be some sort of consequence that we don't like. And that's probably part of what you were saying with the bound will, where our, our sinful nature wants to have a decision where it's a good decision in God's eyes, maybe, but it's also a good decision for me. And our sinful nature is so corrupted and, and deceives us into thinking that a decision that's good for me is also good, uh, is a, a good steward of what God has given me. Right, and 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 it, like you said, it's that sinful nature that convinces you that that the best decision for you must be the one that God approves of, because God loves you, and God wants you to be happy, and God wants you to to have everything in life. No, God wants you to come to the knowledge uh, of of His Son and and be found in Him, and and look ahead to the riches and glory that is yours now in heaven, um, which means that this life is going to be full of suffering, because that was the life of our Savior, who was perfect. His life was filled with suffering because people looked at him and said, I don't need you. Um, so guess what? Welcome to the club. This is this is what we sign up for uh, when, when the Spirit calls us and, and works faith in our heart. Um, I, 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 I want to maybe, and it, we're coming really close to time, but this is such a good topic. We haven't even got, we can I go know. over time if you want. We can. I, this is going to be a longer show, and, and, and there's just so much to talk about. But... Um, one of the things that I, I just, I, I want to kind of bring up and, and I, I've always had a problem with it is justifying leaving a job in the disguise of morality. Um, that's going to sound really weird to our listeners, but here's where I'm coming from. Uh, Naaman, Old Testament, uh, second Kings. He, uh, um, he comes and he, you know, right. He interacts with, uh, uh, Elisha and, and he is, he's washed clean and his life has changed. He comes to faith. Um, the spirit does wonderful things. And, and he says, um, um, it's almost one of those things I chuckle at, uh, forgive me for what I'm about to do. (laughs) (laughs) And which is, I always say that's really not forgiveness, but, but that's what he says. He says to Elijah, he says, he said, Elisha, yeah, newfound Right, but he says, he, Elisha, he says to Elisha, he goes, um, I, I'm, I'm going to have to go back to my Lord, I'm gonna, l- lowercase Lord, his king, and I'm going to have to go into the temple to these false gods, and I'm going to have to bow down with my king because I'm, I'm, I'm there, I'm his steward. Forgive me for having to do that. And, and I, I look at those things and I say to myself, mm, isn't there an application in, in saying, Sometimes, because you've been called into the vocation of of a man or a woman who needs to work for their kids, it's not going to be a perfect situation, and 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 sometimes it's going to be morally questionable. I'm not saying blatantly morally bad, but maybe morally questionable. And and does this fall into that category? Oh, now they're going to force me to take that shot. Okay, you're a nurse and you're working in the hospital and and the hospital has said, we're giving these shots. You can take the shot and, and then you can do your job. If you don't take the shot, you get sick. We're not going to cover you. We're not going to, your insurance isn't going to cover you because you had the opportunity. Oh, I'm going to stand on my morals. Is this that time? Yeah. Is this that time? And that's not a question we can really answer, is it? Because it's a it's a question where each individual has that, the ethical concerns of the, what are the principles that they're thinking of. Uh, they're thinking of their family, taking care of their family. They're thinking of 
their neighbor and taking care of their neighbor. They're thinking of themselves, providing for themselves and the comfort that they have and the job that they have and the, and the house that they have, that all of these things would be uprooted if they decide on their moral. Uh, or the, the, the believer could look at that situation and say, I am going to have to sacrifice something that I um, am not comfortable. Sinning against the conscience, there's just sin involved again. Uh, the the I I don't know how to answer the question, and I and I feel like I'm trying to answer the question, but I'm not. But but then even in the answering of that question, how much of it is is saying to to to, to that believer, um, and removing from that believer the idea? But see, I've I sacrificed. See, I'm better. I sacrificed because it comes back that and that's the insidious nature of our of our sinful nature is is even in the we're trying to work out what is the best God pleasing thing as soon as we make that God pleasing decision whatever it's going to be and we we say this is the decision I'm going to make all of a sudden the self righteousness of our sinful nature comes back and says look at me I made the decision right so it is look at me I'm suffering because I made the right decision. Look yeah. at me, I'm suffering in the decision well, I made, yeah. or look at look at me, I'm bearing the burden of 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 having to do things that aren't always the best, you know. Um, but look at me, I'm so much better. Um, you know, it, it, I always wondered, and this is a stupid, my brain works this way, but I always wondered, you know, um, someone had to clear out the dead in Jewish community, right? Someone had to clear out the dead. But if you touch a dead body, that was a no-no. How did the how did the 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 undertaker feel? I mean, I'm doing that. I must be the most godly person in the world because I'm sacrificing my ability to worship so that I can handle this job for these people. There's temptation there, yeah. Right. I mean, I'm just my brain works in really weird ways. Well, we still haven't gotten to <laughs> the category of the person who takes the vaccine. What are the principles involved there? What are the uh they love people better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you are you are choosing to love your 2021 neighbor over the your 20, 1985 neighbor and your 1972 neighbor who is whose life was taken so that you could take the vi- vaccine. So you are choosing one life over uh, the other. So you can't just say it's all about. Um, my neighbor now, you are still harming someone in some way to have that vaccine. Uh, the It's a decision tainted by sin. Um, it may send a message to the scientific community that you're okay with using fetal cell line derived from a, an aborted baby. It may encourage them to do more of the same, and that would cause more harm for more unba- unborn babies. I, I'm not a scientist, so this would be this is just a conjecture on my part, a projector projection on my part where if, if the scientific community says hey they're okay with us using these 1970s babies 1985 babies we have this stock of 1990s babies or 2020 babies that they're fresh be, they're fresh um and they're more current with uh, all of the latest or whatever the development of humanity so we don't have the luxury of saying i'm helping my neighbor now and that's all that matters uh, we have to think of the future is this well. is this one of those uh star wars times where i can make a um a star wars quib i i, I think you're still going to do it even if I the am. answer is no i am <laughs> many bothans died to bring us this information 
<laughs> from the original Star Wars when they're planning to go against a Death Star and and they say, you know, all these spies, right? They they died to bring us this information and then they're going to use the information <laughs> because yeah. it's out of respect for those who who gave their life. Um I, I don't want to paint this picture as as people who have aborted children. They're saying, look at me, I'm 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 doing good for mankind because now they can be used. But on the on the flip side, this is a horrible thing that someone took someone else's life. But um, can it be possible to say that even even with that, it, like we said at the beginning of the show, um, can it be used for good? Um, this horrible thing. And and from my understanding, and I'm not a scientist at all, and, and if you are and you know better, please remind us and tell us. Um, but from my understanding is is they aren't just picking children from all different years. They're just using the same one over and over and over again. Like the same cell line right. over and over and over again. Um so I mean, it's not as if this is something that is an ongoing. We're harvesting cells uh, from all these different things. This is this is this happened. This was bad, but now we're using it to the betterment of uh, of of this. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. We can't speak to to the scientific community saying, "Is there a, ben- a scientific benefit for a scientist to use more recent uh, babies for their research?" We, we don't know that. That's a question. That's an unknown question for us. But it's also something we have to consider. If if our society is going to look at Christians and say, you guys are okay with the vaccines, and yet you say you're pro-life, you're a bunch of hypocrites and that sort of thing, where that's something you'd have to well, uh, wrestle with. And, and I want to I say this, because you brought up pro-life, and, and I, think it, I think it needs to be said. Pro-life doesn't mean that, that we don't utilize um, someone who has passed away to further our understanding of how to preserve life. What pro-life says is we recognize that life starts in the womb and that they are entitled to the very same rights of anyone else who's alive. That's pro-life. I'm for life. I'm for the idea that 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 child in the womb has every right that I do as a living being. And not just a thing. And I, I, I think we have to get out of our head that we are, that, that because we are saying um, somebody who has passed away, we can't use their body for science, is, is now a defense against pro-life. No, that they, their, their life has passed. However it happened, I'm not saying it's good, their life has passed. They are, they are wherever they were intended to be, heaven or hell. I'm, I'm, I don't know them. I don't know. But that is just the shell. And and it's being used for the purpose of preserving life. And, and I don't think this is a pro-life conversation in some ways when we deal about this vac- that vaccine. I think we're implementing it and that's where they're going to get us. Is that they're going to say, well, now you can't do any because it's going to be it's going to open up a can of worms we're not ready to defend ourselves with. And, and that's not a can of worms we want to defend ourselves in because this is a category that doesn't apply. Right. This is this is saying okay you have the shell what are we going to do how can we how can we use this to preserve life totally different conversation than saying should that life have been taken to begin with know what I'm know what yep, I'm saying I get what you're saying uh, another issue if I could move on um, 
No. <laughs> no. <laughs> you have not had too many, uh, enough Star Wars references yet. You got two or three of them in the hopper. No. Uh, the other thing we have to talk about is if you do get the vaccine, there is also sin involved in that we are bragging about it. Like, we got the vaccine. Like, this is a, a good thing, like, to temper our enthusiasm. Because, to be honest, the thought of the vaccine is tied with that is the joy and anticipation of this COVID thing being over. And our, our people that are going to get the vaccine are going to think now it's over. And they're, they're, they're happy about, they want to get back to life as it was. And yet they still have their brother and their sister in Christ who's not at the same place that they are. So by broadcasting that they've got the vaccine, are they um, harming their their neighbor in that their neighbor is like, I can't believe uh, they're doing this or uh, finish my thought for me. No, I understand. Um, you know, this comes back down to, to, to Paul saying, you know, if I eat meat and it's offense to my weaker brother, then I have sinned. And so for his sake, I will, I will refrain from eating meat and, and um, being all things to all people. Um, I, I think you have a really good point that you're bringing up because um, we are going to have to learn to live with with people making choices that are not going to always be the choices that I'm going to make. Um, and and people desiring me to make choices that are not always going to be the choices that I desire to make. Um, you and I both love steak. And so if we... If we uh, um, if we were around somebody who said, I really, I really think that eating meat is a sin and, and they were struggling with that. Um, and they weren't necessarily saying, uh, it is a sin and you're going to go to hell if you eat meat, but they're struggling with the concept of it. Um, I wouldn't like it, but I would refrain from having a steak. I'd maybe go and, and, and have a, you know, some, some salad or whatever with them when I'm eating with them. Um, so I, I, uh, steak isn't quite as practical as say alcohol. Okay. And, and that, yeah, so you could do that too. You know, I, my wife had a friend uh, who married uh, um, a gentleman who was very adamant that drinking alcohol was a sin. So whenever I got together with him uh, as a, as a family event, I ordered a beer um, on purpose because he was so adamant unfoundedly that it was a sin. Um, on the flip side, someone who struggles with alcoholism and is struggling and is doing the best that they can to avoid that, I am not going to go and get together with them and say, I'm going to have a beer and you can have your seltzer water. Um, no. That, I'm not going to flaunt it. So just, yeah. just a kind of a caution for our brothers and sisters who are getting the vaccine and you broadcast it on social media, consider how that is being received. It may not be, you may be th- thinking, this is a good thing for me. I've, I've wrestled with the ethical issue. I, uh, I know it's it's there's sin involved in the decision that I made. I, I'm forgiven in Christ because of Christ, not because I made the right decision. How about this? Quit putting stuff on social media that is going to cause an, a reaction. You know, I remember the days, and, and I hated Facebook for it. I remember the days when people took pictures of their food. And you long for those days. And I long for those days to return that it's like, because I, I used to say, I don't want, I don't, I didn't want to engage with Facebook because I'm like, I don't care what people are eating for lunch. Yeah. I, I don't, now it's, I don't want to engage in Facebook because I don't want to be part of that discussion and get angry. 
because everything is reactionary. Everything is, is look at me. I have the best opinion or my, my, my opinion is better or fact check on that or this. And it's like, put a devotion on, give some good words of comfort and hope, share Jesus, put our sermons up there, whatever, and leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Say, Hey, my, my mom, my dad passed away or I need your prayers for this or, or something like that. But maybe that's not the place to have that conversation. You know, maybe the place is to have the conversation across a desk like you and I are having right now or sitting, uh, sitting, you know, next to your grandparent um, that you couldn't see in the nursing home, but now you can. And, and maybe having that conversation and saying, you know what, for this interaction, this is why I did this because you're important to me and I love you. Um, that's the interaction we have to take, not the interaction of saying, look at me, I did so wonderful, I, I had the shot and everything is all is all good. No, it's, you know what, look at you. I get to interact with you and I get to see you maybe for the first time in a year and a half and I get to be with you. Maybe that's another topic for another podcast is uh, the Christian's uh, identity on social media. Uh, but this is just a part of that uh, with the ethical concerns about the COVID vaccine. And, you know, I, I just had to write that down. That social identity um, is a good topic for us. But I but I think when it comes down to that vaccine and taking the vaccine, I, I think um, um, it, it comes back down to the reality that we have to, as as a people, be understanding of where everyone else is and and you and you may be right i'm not saying you're wrong you may be right and nothing is going to be become of this vaccine and it is going to be good and it will stop the spread and we will be able to move on from from whatever this virus is and i'm not i'm trying not to share my own opinion about what i think this virus is um and people who know me know i have an opinion and and but as a pastor i don't have an opinion if that makes any sense um, so privately at home with a beer, I have an opinion. Um, in church, with my Bible in my hand, I don't have an opinion. Um, so, so, um, but but to 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 face that, you know, we have to be understanding of our of all of our people, um, and the way that we've approached everything in this is 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 with moderation, and and to say that you know everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial, and, and so. Is it permissible to have a different opinion? Yes. Is it beneficial for you to voice it all the time? No, it's not. Um, you know, there is there's this thing that's a gift of the Spirit. It's really kind of neat. It's called self-control. And with that comes silence. Being able to shut your mouth. That's a part of self-control. And we try to teach it to our children, right? When the children doesn't like something that mom and dad says and they turn around and they try to lip off and we're like, ah, Quiet. Just just don't say any you might you have it your thoughts. Don't say anything. Maybe we need to apply that and say, okay, you take the shot, great. Awesome. Don't make anybody else feel bad because they didn't. And don't try to pressure someone into doing it because, you know, they don't want to. If you've taken the shot, you're you're okay. If they get sick, you're not gonna get it. That that you're fine. You're all right. Let them live. Let, let I mean, there's a there's a freedom there's a freedom that God gives us in the gospel that that the spirits or the, the the sun sets us free and we are free indeed. 
and and we are free to to live and make choices within reason and still bound by by our will is still bound to some extent but we're also free to be stupid on both sides that that's part of that freedom and still recognizing as we've been saying you're forgiven um um pastor don winsberger uh, another host of the show he used to always say and and his love uh, and i love his saying uh, jesus died for stupid people I'm living proof. How awesome is that? <laughs> That's a good way to close the, the uh, program as we uh, consider the ethics of the COVID vaccines. And uh, just to reiterate, we are, neither one of us is advocating one side or the other. We are giving you the ethical considerations, giving you the tools so that you can live life because your life is truly lived in Christ, not according to the law, but in Christ and the, the God who forgives the Christ who dies for you and forgives you and who frees you. 